0: Hey, before we get started here, let me tell you about our sponsor for today's episode, Float. As an agency owner, you need quick, reliable answers to questions like, how much money will I make next month? Or when can I make my next hire? And Float, the cash flow software for Xero and QuickBooks Online, helps you make smarter business decisions with confidence. To get an exclusive six-week free trial of Float and set up a call with one of their cash flow experts, you can just visit floatapp.com slash agencyjourney. All one word again, floatapp.com slash agency journey. All right. Welcome into another week's episode here of agency journey. I'm excited to bring on Jimmy Rose, James Rose, Jimmy Rose,
1: James, Jimmy Rose. Is
0: that what your LinkedIn
1: says? (laughs) Yeah. Well, LinkedIn says, says James, doesn't it? Cause that's my, uh, my real name, but everyone calls me Jimmy and now I'm confused. I don't even know what to call myself. So
0: Right. So, uh, the main thing that I think most people will know you for, um, out of the gate or kind of the, the main thing, as far as I'm aware is content snare. Which is what you're running right now. Mm-hmm. I'm going to let you give a quick overview of Content Snare. I want to dive into a couple different uh, a, a couple different avenues and ventures that you've had in your past and have currently going on as well. Sure, yeah. So maybe you can run. Let Let's start. I guess let's start with Content Snare. That's the obviously the starting point. So walk through maybe real quickly the tool and where that idea came from.
1: Yeah. So uh, it's a product, software products, um, predominantly used by marketing agencies and web designers. To get our content from clients, because I don't think I've spoken to an agency who has said, "Oh yeah, we've got a great process for getting content. It works every time." You know, like it's it's a problem that basically every agency has, uh, and and it exists because we had the problem too. And I spoke to a bunch of local agencies. Like I did a lot of networking when when we had an agency still, and literally every single one of them, you know, I didn't even talk about what I was proposing as a product. In fact, I had a completely different idea in my mind for like a, um, like a briefing tool. And um, I just sat down with all these agency owners. and was like, just tell me about your process, start to finish, you know, before you get a client through to sign off or whatever ongoing services, just tell me about what sucks. And um, pretty much every single one of them talked about getting content, getting information from clients. So we went, Oh, maybe we should build a product for that. Um, and here we are. So, cause it can, we had the same problem. I was like, why didn't I think of that? Um, as, as the main thing. So yeah, just streamlines that process, um, of getting information from clients, getting it out of email, getting it all in one system instead of in like Google docs and drive and email and all these like hacked together systems that people use. So, so
0: your background though, let's go, let's go back a little bit farther than mm-hmm. your background was in software development. Is that what you came out of prior to uh, or
1: what kind what, of what's the evolution story? Yeah. So like I, when I was at a day job and all that, I was an automation engineer uh, or like control systems engineer, which is essentially automating big equipment, like machinery and stuff with code. Right. So like someone in a, in a operating room, uh, operating room, I guess, control room that was the word um they could click a button and start up like a conveyor or something and start up machinery that would dig something out of the ground and put it on said conveyor you know it's automating that kind of stuff um which is how I got into like software I guess because um I actually ended up building software for the company that I work for I learned a couple of programming languages and um yeah, and then we ended up creating our own business because Content Snare is actually our third software product. So we've done done it a few times now. Uh, I wasn't aware of that. So what are the what are the other two? Yeah. So the first one, uh, this is kind of embarrassing. I probably shouldn't have mentioned we had other products, but <laughs> back when, uh, do you remember article spinning? Were you in SEO when article spinning was a thing? No, the phrase doesn't ring a bell. Right. So we're talking like to early late late noughties. Uh, It was a thing to take content and like rewrite it into multiple copies. So you could distribute it around the web for link link building. So we built a product in that space literally over a decade ago now. Um, That's still kind of kicking. It's somewhat automated. Um, It's called Chimp Rewriter. Um, Yeah, but we we don't really do a lot with it anymore. But um, the middle one, uh, Silver Siphon, was another we just had a problem for a client when we had a digital agency we want, they we were like oh we're going to charge people with stripe um and then we'll generate an invoice in zero uh, the accounting software and and reconcile it um through zapier or something like this and we found out it wasn't possible at all to re- uh, get those stripe transactions into zero um so we built a product around that and yeah it just like grew itself for several years and then we ended up selling it which was kind of cool
0: I was looking for that solution, not for Zero, but I think for QuickBooks a couple of years ago, did they, is that mm-hmm. the same brand or is there,
1: is there a main competitor for it? I came across something. It different. was, yeah, Snyder, you're probably talking about. So there, there's a few out there now. Um, you know, I'm a little bit disappointed. Silver Siphon got shut down like a month ago, fully. It's just oh, gone really? now wow. um, because Zero have it built in now and with their new, uh, the way they work with two factor or, or something, they basically told Silver Siphon they had to shut down. Um, the, to the new owners, I gave them an entire playbook on what I would have done if we kept the product. You know, right. QuickBooks was one of them, and they didn't do a thing with it. So yeah. now it doesn't exist anymore. <laughs>
0: <laughs> That's wild. So, yeah. so you you built two other software products, when, and you mentioned an agency in here as well. So where does mm-hmm. the agency come into play?
1: Uh, somewhere in the middle. You know, like we we did the software thing for probably four or five years before we created four years before we created the agency. Um, yeah. And it was just like, I started networking with local businesses and everyone I spoke to just seemed to hate their web designer. So I was like, Oh, this can't be too hard to just not do a good job and
0: (laughs) create an agency.
1: So that's how we got into agency life. Cause we'd been building sites for years for ourselves, you know, in the affiliate marketing space and whatever. Um, yeah. So that's kind of how that started, okay. um, and yeah, one of our first clients is where the idea for Silver Siphon came from.
0: Yeah, interesting. Mm. Okay, so then you've got so obviously you've got Content Snare, and I guess what I'm curious about, where I'm trying to go with all this, is I'm trying to figure out what your balance is right now. Mm-hmm. You're, yeah. I think, you know, Jimmy Rose as a person, kind of what your personal brand is around from my like limited perspective from the outside. He's like, hey, here's the guy who knows how to automate stuff and get stuff done a fit uh you know really efficiently. Um and obviously you've got content snares like, hey, this is probably the day job. Um, but you also produce content. Uh you do a good job on social and a but in a bunch of different places nice. um sharing your content. Cheers. So Maybe you can just kind of share kind of a quick overview of how, obviously the, the background is day job originally doing automation, building mm. software, kind of that's your, like your background is a nerd and tinkerer and like you know, the person yeah. who likes to hook this stuff up and makes it, and makes it work. Yeah. Um, but you've got, I, I don't, I won't steal all your thunder here, but you've got a little course on Zapier. like you're, you're deep into how do we make this stuff work for us. Um, when did that become a thing that you didn't just do for yourself, but began writing, sharing about creating um, info or, or product around?
1: Yeah, that's actually relatively new. I mean, like you said, I, I try to get known for the guy that just likes to do things efficiently, I guess. Um, not that, not that I like, I don't know. It's, it just comes, it's pretty easy to do because I really do like doing things efficiently and I hate like it's a massive pet hate of mine that people do so much work that they don't need to do. Like I noticed this a lot when I was in like seeing friends, like the digital nomad circles when I, when I was traveling with them for a little bit. Um, I just feel like everyone's so quote unquote busy all the time and you see what they're doing and it's just like so unproductive or stuff they don't even need to do. Cause it's automatable and it just drives me nuts. So that's kind of how I got into the whole space. And I guess my, my, vocalness. I don't, is that the word? word vocality? <laughs> That's <right. Yeah. laughs> Vocalness. About that is kind of how the course came about because I would talk about how I just automated all this stuff and it's like, oh, I don't do that manually. Like you do that with Zapier, you know, um, or whatever automation products. And then eventually literally people just started asking me about it. You know, like I, I remember being, I remember the first guy, who I was at this uh, in-person meetup for an online um, course, uh, online membership thing. And he said, I will pay you to teach me how to use Zapier. And I went, no, nah, you won't. You're full of it. <laughs> Everyone says things like that until the credits, credit card's on, on the line. You know, I don't believe you. Um, but eventually I ended up doing a pre-launch. And I think I got about eighty sales before it even existed. Um, so, so I clearly saw that people wanted to save time and, and did see the benefit, like I did. Um, so, yeah, that's how that came about. Um, literally, just by people asking me for it. Um, so, it's kind of a side gig. It's definitely not the main focus, but it is a lot of fun to help people save time. You know, right. a lot of people agencies use it to add a service as well. You know, I think it's important. You know, if you're helping clients put in processes or whatever, like some agencies do, um, it helps to know how to connect different things together as well. So a lot of my clients for that are freelancers or agencies that are looking to add another service. Yep.
0: That makes sense. I just connected here recently with, uh, Andrew Davison, I oh, yeah. okay, who runs uh Luhu, um, basically Zapier and Integromat. Mm-hmm. Look, that's the entire businesses, uh, mm-hmm. running the automation stuff. Have you done any automation projects for other people, uh, as clients? Or is it all your own stuff and then your approach is just been, I'm hey, mm-hmm. just going to put out what I'm learning here, um, either in a course or, or free content.
1: Yeah. So I do a few uh, implementations. It's not very many. Um, and I guess we can dig into why that is, but this like, is yeah, it's, yeah, it's, you know what, I just struggle with clients. <laughs> you know, it's, it's, I can deal with many to one so much better where it's like, you know, putting out content that helps lots of people or, you know, software that, um, you know, lots of people can use, but when it comes to one-on-one stuff, I guess, I don't know what it is. I just don't know if my brain's made for it. So I, I struggle with it. And I think a big part of it is the fact that I feel like it's costing, it cost me a lot of time and it's not an effective use of my time, but like that could just be because I'm not charging enough too. you know?
0: I, so this is kind of what I was curious about. I told you I was going to kind of blindside mm. you. Uh, with a couple of different things and trying to figure out. So I've talked to a number of these people. This is a position that we need on our team right now. We are really good at getting agencies set up and humming and click up everyone kind of aligned doing the same thing. There's this whole second level, third level um, type of stuff with workflow automation that we're not even touching where we could help. We already are generating some pretty big efficiency gains for agencies uh, through integrated process. And there's this whole level of automation that can take that and based off of that kind of framework and the groundwork that we've laid, grow that. But the time and attention and the expertise to actually build that all out has been a challenge. So as we're going mm-hmm. around right now and recruiting for someone to basically come in and be our you know, workflow or automation um, specialist uh, in this and looking at, hey, what's the best way to fill this need in the short term? Is it other consultants? Is it whatever? The common thread that I see with this is everyone who I've talked to almost charges hourly for it. And A, the hourly rate is probably way too. I mean, some people have shown me the stuff that they've done and tell me the hourly rate. And I'm like, that's crazy. Like this is really impressive and you're way too cheap for what it is, but you can Mm -hmm. come help us build some of this stuff internally for ourselves. Mm. And it's just hard uh, running anything hourly, at least in my experience, to figure out like how, how do we scale this? How do we build this? How do we separate this out as a, as a real viable long-term business? Um, there are a few yeah. examples of agencies who've, you know, had, had very good years. Um, and there's very few examples of agencies who've had very long 10 years being an hourly based shop. So I'm curious around Great. that, you know, we yeah. we figured out in the ClickUp space, how to kind of productize that and separate it from hours. Um, but with workflow automation, is it really that custom? So anyways, I was curious to hear, I guess this is a long-winded way of asking, do you think, I'm, I'm just going to ask you for your opinion here. Is there a business to be built, a larger business around kind of productizing the automation side of things? Or does it need to be a service-based business where you, you know, are, are mm-hmm. providing totally custom stuff to people and yeah. figuring out how to charge a premium?
1: Super hard question that I've spent a lot of time thinking about. Yeah. Um it's, that's what I'm it's, asking. I figured you yeah, know. yeah. So um yeah, you're right in that like you know, if someone comes to me and they want to automate something, it is really hard to fix price. Really, really hard because they'll probably be using a different project management system than I've, you know, like one guy came to me with Salesforce. I'm like, I've literally never even seen inside Salesforce, but we did a project, you know, and he just pays me hourly consulting and I just put a decent rate on it, like 250 or something, you know, and then it becomes worthwhile. This guy was crazy. He, um, he was one of my first clients. So I think I charged him one fifty, and I did two hour call with him and he said, can you invoice me a thousand bucks? I was like, where do I find more clients like this guy? Um, (laughs) but, um, yeah, no, it's, it's hard. Like, you know, I feel like in what you're talking about with workflow automation, if you, especially if you're focusing on agencies, it would be easier to productize because there's probably, Certain tools that you're used to, that like you know maybe they're using Calendly, maybe they're using I don't know, like um, ClickUp, obviously, um, but you know maybe they're using Zero or QuickBooks. Like you've probably got a reasonable subset of tools that people are going to be using, so you could, in time, have a bit of an idea about how long each one of those things is going to take you, and uh, and you know price accordingly, uh, you know, a fixed price or whatever. Um, I actually did an interview with Jonathan Stark, who's like the king of value-based pricing, like ditching hourly. hourly. I think that's literally the name of his book. Um, And after listening to that, he basically talks about like just whacking on this like big price that's way more than what you'd normally charge. And inside that, dealing with the things that come up right. It's been one of the most popular um, podcast episodes I had on agency highway. And like, it's one of the most helpful ones for me too. (laughs) So, and I actually tried that on a couple of projects. I was like, you know, this is probably going to take me a few hours, but I'm just going to like two and a half times what I think it's going to be in hours. And what happens is it encourages me to like do a really good job, you know, and when something comes up, which it will, because something always happens in automation, you know, like HubSpot integration breaks or something, you know, like I've had so many problems with HubSpot. You think they're a good bloody company, but their integrations cause so many problems. Um, and But then that issue comes up, but it's not a big issue, not a big problem to spend an hour and a half on it, right? Because you've just put this bigger price tag on it, which seems weird, but it kind of is. If they're like, oh yeah, I'm happy to pay that. Um, then, the, you know, obviously the value is there for them. And then you are in this mindset where you don't need to nickel and dime for all these little changes, right? Um, but I think, you know, specialization, I think would be really important in automation. You know, like if you do automation for construction companies or something, then you're probably going to get used to a set of tools, you know, Um, you'd be familiar with certain things. Same as if you do it for agencies, but yeah, if you were just like, Oh, I made anything for anyone, you're definitely going to struggle to productize. um, You know, and it also makes it really hard to hire, Yeah, you know, like, I don't know how I would hire someone to help me with automation because it's not just knowing how to use zapier it's knowing kind of a general idea of how databases work cuz you know it's like oh okay well project management system is made up of projects and tasks and they're connected in this way uh you know uh, this is how accounting systems work you know you've got bank feeds and 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 uh, transactions and accounts and you know so and this is how i don't know what's like slack works you right. got messages and channels and like knowing how all these things work is kind of necessary to be able to right. integrate things. And like, that's a hard person to find. That's someone that's been running a business for five plus years.
0: <laughs> for sure. I've, I, I think you hit on the key that I've come to, like for ourselves, there's a lot of people who are in the ClickUp ecosystem. They've got this vetted consultants program. Um, and it, the majority are folks who absolutely love the tool, know the tool inside and out, but it's just, like we know the tool and we'll go, whatever your workflow is that you come in and tell us, like we'll, we'll figure mm-hmm. out how to set that up in some way mm-hmm. and, and click up. Um, but because it's different every time, it's really hard to productize. It's mostly done hourly or, you know, like there's, there's yeah. it, and it's it's hard to have any type of meaningful differentiation um, doing that. Where for us it's much easier to say, like, we know, the tool inside and out, but we, we fundamentally know agencies inside and out and how you probably ought to be structuring this. And so in addition to, us getting your ClickUp set up um, for you. And there's going to be some customizations along the way that, that probably need to happen to fit your specific service line and team structure and uh, client journey that you have, but there's going to be a million other things that we can give you based on the experience working with other agencies. So I, I think that point is really valid that if, you know, if there's just some fundamental things and, uh, and a lot of value and expertise that comes from people who understand the specific data structure of the types of apps that you're trying to integrate or the spe- even the specific yeah. apps and specific use cases. So, that makes sense. Why you haven't just quit Content Snare, sold it off, and decided to go do automation?
1: <laughs> oh yeah, that, you must that, get asked that, about that, it
0: for for Content Snare, right? Like, hey, I'm sure that with uh, you know your Zapier integration with Content Snare, that there's things people try to hook up. Do you have a bunch of pre-built kind of scenarios or common things that people run into?
1: You know, surprisingly, it has been. Uh, f- Pretty like most people seem to have a bit of an idea when when people are playing around with Zappy, they've kind of got an idea of how it works already. Um, and I've actually noted this because a long time ago, not a long time, not like this year, but I it's been a long year, right? <laughs> long in some ways, but short in others. Like it was only March, like three days ago. So I don't know what happened. Yep. Um, <laughs> but. Uh, what was I saying? Oh yeah. So I contacted, I had this idea to sell my course where I'd just like contact all these like software companies that had Zapier integrations and that they could refer people to me, you know, and I'd cut some kind of deal with them. Um, to, so their clients would learn how to use Zapier, but like They none of them really had a high support volume on Zapier related things. Hmm. Um, and if they did, then it was really generally basic stuff, and they would just reply to them. And that's what that's been our experience with our Zapier integration as well. Um, I guess once people kind of understand the fundamentals of how to hook things up, they don't seem to, yeah. Like, I I haven't been able to sell any services on Content Snare, like, not that I really want to, but we offer, you know, we'll do set up white glove setup kind of thing or like um, set up your templates and content snare for you and um just to get people into the system is more like more easily um, but very few people have taken it up um people seem to be fairly content working stuff out themselves which is i mean i'm not going to complain about that <laughs> right
0: right <laughs> it's kind of nice uh, from a software perspective that's the opposite yeah. of our experience. Uh, I mean, our, our software was very, very challenging to use if you didn't have a good process back when we were building, mm-hmm. uh, do inbound. So I, I, uh, I think you have get a good problem. In <laughs> not having this, I mean, it, it turned into a separate business line. That's ultimately been a good move, but, uh, you know, major pivot because people kind of required the services to be successful. So if you don't have that mm-hmm. problem, yeah, it certainly lets you focus more time into, uh, into, into what you're doing, actually building out the software For and, sure. yep. and workflow. Well. In terms of team structure at Content Snare, LinkedIn says you're co-founder there. Um, What is the, what's the core team who started it look like?
1: Uh, It's just me and my business partner. Yeah, we've been the same. We've been, we basically 50, 50 partners on this business since day one. You know, everything's gone under the same banner. All the software, like the agency, even my course, you know, it all runs through the same business, even though my name's plastered over everything. Yeah, we, we split the whole lot.
0: So then how do you break
1: up, like, who's actually, is he leading product? Or are you leading product? Hmm. Yeah, we should be really better at, like, dividing up <laughs> these roles. Um, but it's hard. It's it's really hard to do this because he, he manages the tech team, um, you know, and I would say I'm more on, like, marketing slash sales. But for a long time, I was support, you know. Um, okay. We've only hired um, Marina, who helps us on support now. She's an absolute rock star. Like, I, I didn't realize, like, how she's changed the way I think about hiring people. It's just like, wow, they were just amazing humans out there. Like she was one of our first, like, um, hires on, on like support and, and content and all this sort of stuff. So I was like, Oh, okay. There's great people. Anyway. Um, so I am kind of close to the product, close to the customers, um, uh, more than my business partner. Right. So it's kind of hard for anyone to take on product, you know, cause yeah, it's kind of both of us. We split that, the product role basically is the, that's the long way of saying the same thing. Cause I talk about what people complain about. And now Marina comes in, you know, on, on the, on the calls and we talk about what people are struggling with and how we can fix things and what's technically possible and all that together. Right. Yeah. Yeah.
0: That makes sense that uh, we're in the same situation. You know, Adrian and I have been business partners for 10 years. Um, wow. That's sounds like a long time. Yeah. Um, <laughs>
1: About the same time as us, man. I think it was, yeah, yeah like August 2010 is when we incorporated. Yep.
0: Yeah, that was, <laughs> we were going into our senior year in college in, in 2010, and started our first agency uh, at that nice. point and have been working together um, since then. And for a long time, for probably well, seven, eight years, didn't have real clarity around, like, for sure, who's doing what roles. Um, he's an awesome motivator, like way more charismatic than I am. Yeah. Um, <laughs> So, so much better at, uh, you know, at getting people jazzed up and excited about kind of the, the long-term vision. And I'm much more kind of in the weeds detail. Like
1: uh, That's a good combo. Yeah. That's the, what uh, was it? Rocket fuel is the book yeah, about the visionary. Right. Yeah. Like it sounds like pretty close to that. Like I, right. You know, that's kind of what we try to emulate, but I'm definitely not that much of a visionary. You know, yeah. like I'm so I'm in that role, but I'm not, you know, I do a lot of implementation and stuff as well. So probably not the perfect combo, but it's working.
0: Yeah, I think what's interesting about that, and as we keep seeing this in agencies, it's been cool to see more and more agencies running EOS. Um, but really pretty fascinating to see, as long as there's clarity around what the roles are and what the ultimate responsibilities are, you don't necessarily have to have like hundred percent polar opposites to be successful. Um, as long as people understand what role they need to fulfill. And there's some kind of base level of uh, of being there. I feel mm. like um, that can work. I, th- I think it's easy to read that book for the first time or, you know, however many times and kind of get this impression that like I need the cannot remember a single detail, total big ideas, visionary. And I need the can't look past what's coming up like in the next slide is calendar <laughs> integrator type of person to go plug this in. It's like, that's not really the dynamic that's needed, but people do need to understand their rules. So that's cool that you guys mm. have, um, have had that work out. So looking forward here, 2021 coming up in terms of growth channels for content snare, the way that you're trying to grow, uh, between customer client acquisition, um, obviously, you know, building and retaining existing customers and then product development what are are there any big kind of milestones that you guys have mapped out or the building blocks of what the 2021 vision looks like
1: yeah i wouldn't call them milestones we have got a plan i guess like in my head yeah i'm not one of these people that are like oh you've got to write everything down and have smart goals and have them on a whiteboard like i bought a whiteboard and i haven't done anything with it in like (laughs) probably two years it's got the same damn things i stuck on it two years ago um i'm just not that person um but yeah so product wise i mean we've got a roadmap plans for that for ages. You know, it's uh, development can only go so fast uh, unless we just start throwing more money at it and hiring people. But we've kind of done that enough already. (laughs) We've we've probably got too many, too many people building product as it is. Um, And on the uh, marketing side, I mean, this has been out the bane of our existence since we started because we were a very strange problem. Like, I don't know if you remember at the start of this, this chat, I said like, I was interviewing people with a different idea and didn't even realize, didn't even think how much content was a problem for us. I didn't even realize it was a problem. That's also our problem now is that a lot of people don't really click and go, oh my God, yeah. I didn't know there was a better way to get content other than like throwing Google Drive links at people and sending them emails. You know, it's just, it's just what people do. They don't realize there's a, there's a better way. Um, And so, you know, a lot of our stuff ends up being like, referrals or, you know, like people going, Oh, you know, have you heard content snare or someone finally breaking and going onto a Facebook group and saying, Oh my God, like, I'm so sick of this content. Clients aren't sending me content. And then a few people recommend content snare and other people see it, you know um, you know, all, all the people that arrive, like something like 80% of our trial signups are from people just searching for content snare. So I have no idea, yeah, you know, like what to focus on. It's been a huge problem, uh, mm. you know, but we are starting to see some success with content. So, content is basically it. You know, SEO, not necessarily 100% SEO based. You know, taking some of our best podcast episodes, turning those into posts, the, the ones that are popular. You know, right. um, and and writing content that people are actually looking for. So we're yeah, we're doubling down on content. Just hired a uh, not full time writer, like half time. Okay. Um, yeah, that's where we're at. That's Content's cool. good. You know, YouTube and YouTube's great for trying to get in front of people.
0: You have, uh, this is embarrassing. I don't remember what it's called. What's your weekly email that you go out? I think it's like <laughs> from you personally.
1: What's that called? That's the web business weekly. Yeah. That's just a contentsnare.com slash weekly.
0: It's actually really good. And Thank I heard you. you, I think I heard you talking about how you kind of put that together, uh, with a bunch of automation. So it's not hugely cumbersome for you to put together. Mm. Say that one more time. Contentsnare.com slash weekly.
1: Yeah. Yeah. That's okay. the one.
0: So that's one. I pretty much never do this on podcast episodes, like unless there's something that's actually really good. (laughs) There's not like a hard sell to go sign up for it. But I do think if you're listening, like this is a really a fit for just about anybody. I mean, there's kind of a diverse, it's uh, all similar enough. I'm looking, I'm scrolling through the most recent one right now. It's all similar enough and agency related enough that any agency, especially if they do any type of uh, web development um, and digital marketing, uh, it's going to be interested in it. Thank you. Um, but it's also diverse enough that it's not like hey, you purely are. This is just the web designers um, mm. roundup or this is just the, you know, you know, whatever else it is. So um, I've been impressed with that content that you're putting out. Yeah. And sometimes it feels like uh, I'll see something that people have and it feels like, Hey, the quality is like a five out of 10 on what goes out and I'll talk <laughs> to them and the results are actually really high. And then I'll talk to someone who's like web business weekly. Like this is, this would be pretty high up there on the scale of what's out there and the results aren't always there at the beginning of it. So it'd be interesting to see how that continues to scale. How long have you guys been putting that out there? What's this a couple years in
1: three years? in? There? Yeah, well it's, it's weekly and I think it was a hundred and, what was the episode? I think it was 106 or something that went out um, today. You so know, That was zen. a big fail. That was supposed to go out last week. And I got in there to write this week's newsletter and I was like, oh, it's still scheduled. Oh, well, or it didn't schedule. So I just sent it. Yep. <laughs> so I missed last week. Um, I was actually just, I'm pretty sure Zen pilots on my list of um, like sources that. So like, cause I go through every day and I've got like, uh, sorry, every week and dig through a whole bunch of blogs that are good for web designers or marketing agencies and pick out what I think is the most helpful right. stuff. Um, you know, and I've been pretty, uh, I'm, I'm glad you really like it, man, because it means a lot because it's, it's one of these things I feel like a lot of other people try to outsource or like, I've even seen people do like guest um, editors for weekly things. And like, I've just never been happy with the quality. So I was like, it's still handpicked by me and and it encourages me to write something every week as well as that like introductory blurb. Right. Hmm.
0: I, I like it. Um, so we'll have to start making sure that we figure out how to, uh, link bait our titles to make sure that we get you to, to click on them.
1: what do you use <laughs> hey for i don't use not just the titles i uh, i actually go through the articles as well so it does it takes me a bit of time but right. uh, no i use um feedly man i'm just going okay. back to like Same. old school you know yep does the job
0: right and then what are you then- you're tagging out of that
1: Ah, so yeah, actually I use Push by Zapier, which is a little browser extension because I I click the article, opens in a new tab. And then, um, so on Push by Zapier, I've got a few different zaps that it can trigger. One of them is to push it out to my socials. And one of them is to put it into the weekly. So, and sometimes I'll do both. Like I'll copy the blurb, the thing I want to say about that article and I'll put it out to the weekly and I just copy and paste it and put it straight into the socials as well sometimes.
0: Right, right. And then that goes into review, right? Isn't that what you're running your...
1: Yeah, Uh, yeah. Review. So it creates an RSS feed. Uh, In Zapier, can create an RSS feed, and then Review just reads the RSS feed, and it's awesome, man. It it puts all the things that I've put in that feed down the right hand side. Literally, just drag and drop them into the relevant category um, for the newsletter. Yeah, it's unreal.
0: That's awesome. Um, Yeah, we we need to improve our process right now. We've got this. We have a discovery channel in our Slack, and I mean, there's probably over the course of any given day, you know, somewhere between half a dozen, 20 things that get dropped in there that we come across. Nice. And, um, I like that idea. and so we started basically the same type of concept, like the dispatch, um, that goes out weekly for us. And it's basically like, Hey, what are the agency resources or cool content that we found over the course of the week? Uh, but we don't, we don't have the same qu- uh, quantity that you have. Um, we've got some commentary on what those are. And sometimes some lead in commentary similar to how you had structured, um, but that's not automated. We have to go like right now, the process is, Hey, go sift through discovery and I'll, I'll add it. I'll add a note. Like, Hey, this one definitely is for the dispatch. Um, but we, yeah, we need to, uh, to improve the process. Do you want
1: to, you want to like a sweet little tip? Hit me. You could create an emoji that, or like you could put your own one on yep. there. We'll have like something random, like a basketball or whatever. And if you put a basketball emoji on it, You can catch that, like watch for emojis in Zapier and then roll that up into an RSS feed or whatever. Um, Yeah,
0: that's a great tip. (laughs) I didn't realize um, until maybe a year ago that people, especially in larger orgs, uh, like the emojis for voting on different things or being able to go back and see if you want to see every time a decision was made, use a custom emoji to say, hey, that decision point was made here in Slack around Uh some conversation that happened. That's so cool. when you search for that specific emoji, it's just kind of a thread of, Hey, here's the decisions that we made around whatever specific thing.
1: That's cool. I really like that. We don't do much with emojis yet, but like, yeah, it's mostly just random stuff on photos that people put up of their weekend, like a right. Christmas tree or something, you know, like, well, Hey, Christmas I'll subscribe tree emoji. To that one
0: too. So <laughs>
1: <laughs> <laughs> that's awesome.
0: Um, okay. So last question I had written down here for you was any tools outside of and Zapier, Content Snare, the pieces that we've talked about here, any anyway, lesser known agency tools that you would recommend to agency owners to check out?
1: Ooh. Um, well, I mean, in tech, I got to, I got to throw a shout out to Integromat, which is a Zapier yep. competitor. I've been doing a lot more with uh, Integromat lately. Um, it's way more powerful than Zapier, but way harder to use. So if you're just starting out, I'd, I'd recommend Zapier and then you can kind of, "Quote unquote graduate to integrum at later, but you know they both got their pros and cons. I still use both. Um, but another agency tool, I guess maybe a shout out to my friend Cliff Almeida who runs My Web Audit. Uh, that is a website auditing tool that can be used to you know get clients over the line or um, you know during meetings to show people what they got to change on their website. Pretty cool tool.
0: Okay, that's awesome. Um, what's the text expander tool that you call or that? Oh you, yeah, you got a course about. Is it? You yeah. use text
1: expander? Yeah, I do. Um, not not specifically an agency tool. That's just like a uh, hella definitely. awesome uh, productivity tool. Yeah, it's amazing, man. I uh, so it is essentially text snippets that you create shortcuts for on your keyboard, right? So um, you know, it could be something really small. Like if I put .csw for Content Snare website, that expands to http colon slash slash contentsnare.com slash whatever. You know, if I go .csb, that's like contentsnare.com slash blog. So right. csb for Content Snare blog. And I have these like little naming conventions. So like AHW, Agency Highway Website. So these things that you're typing all the time, Uh, like my phone number, my email, like .dot .e. My my email sign-off is .dot .c for, you know, cheers, enter, enter, James. Like, just think things like this. Like, they're really small versions that you use, like, hundreds of times a month, you know. Um, But because not only is it good because you don't have to type it, but, you know, also reducing the risk of typos and stuff as well. Right. You know, I I use it to type, fill out forms and everything. So, um, but then on the big end of that, you can like put entire emails in there. So like I've got emails when someone comes on as a podcast guest, I like send them a, like it's a dot a H E T for like agency highway email. Thanks. So, (laughs) uh, so, and then there's another one for email live when that, when the podcast goes live and it's got, you know, their name, I can copy the, it puts up placeholders. Shows up a box with placeholders so I can put the link to the episode. It'll generate some share links and to put into the email. And then I obviously modify the email depending on who's come on and what I need to say. But yeah, like it's unreal, man. I use it so much.
0: That's awesome. You've got a, don't you have a mini course around that too?
1: Yeah. So um, if people go to, I guess it's, I don't even know if that hell like obvious that is to get to from the homepage, but, um, it, cause it's included as a bonus on my full course, um, which is Zapier mastery, uh, jimmyrose.me. But there is, I don't know, we might need to put the link in the show notes. Okay. I think it's at jimmyrose.me slash Zapier dash intro. It's like a little pack of just my yep. introductory Zapier course and my text expander course. Um, and that's like 17 bucks. So just to sort of help people out and get right. some, uh, get some productivity cranking.
0: Well, we'll definitely put that one. We'll put the Zappier course. We'll put Content Snare. We'll put all the all the main things. Mm-hmm. The weekly uh, one in the show notes here. Okay. At some point, we'll have a we'll have a um a face off and figure out which one is faster. So I'm not to your level where you've got the acronym for everything. <laughs> uh, and Q is kind of my trigger uh, key instead. Oh, yeah. of dot. So I yeah. do like Q is like my Calendly link or Q Zoom nice. is like my personal Zoom room or um. You know a bunch of different ones are like uh, Q phone QEM is like my email. Yeah, um, so I could type Love fewer it. letters if I followed your system. I just have to learn them all, which once, once you do it a couple of times, you learn it all. But yeah, I, I you, you guys, know, it out there.
1: Well, there is one little trick with Text Expander because you'll forget if, if there's something you're not using daily, you'll forget what your uh, shortcut is. Um, you can actually go control or command, I guess, if you're on a Mac uh, forward slash, and it brings up a search wherever your cursor is. And so you can search. Yeah. So I I forget all the time and I just use that to to, to call it up quickly. Yeah. Yeah.
0: Great. Well, awesome. Um, anything else that we should point people to here, Jimmy,
1: man, I think we've covered them all. Hey, yeah.
0: Awesome. Well, I appreciate your time. This was really fun. We went a lot of different places, but I appreciate you sticking with me today. Thanks for coming on.
1: Uh, Some great questions. Uh, yeah. Thank you very much.